Testing. Talk louder. Testing. Testing. Do we have to scream at each other? <laughs> Might just have to lean in close. Can you hear feedback if I talk? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Like through the headphones or like? Yeah, I can hear you through the headphones. Let me see if I do this. Yeah, lean in a little bit closer. Hello? 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 We're basically making out. It's kind of weird. <laughs> you like it. Welcome to Holy Jabronis. This is your co-host Colton Keel and Lynn Ray Smith today. This is episode one of our podcast journey. It is Saturday, December 17th. How you doing, Lynn Ray? I'm doing good, man. It's been a good week of wrestling this past week. Uh, go all the way back to Final Battle last Saturday through Rampage and SmackDown last night. A couple big things happened on that. It's a good week. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. And uh, I'm excited to kind of get into it. It's going to open with some debate, too. We're going to do the very first of many uh, opening little segments here. We're going to do a top five list. Uh, And in honor of the past week's Dynamite, where the one and the only Action Andretti upset Y2J, Chris Jericho, uh, we're going to do top five upsets in wrestling history. Get it going. Get some flow going and stuff like that. Uh, we have both prepared a list, and we do not know each other's lists. Uh, it's going to be kind of just reaction inside that. Colton, you said you had a couple that didn't quite make your list, and uh, kind of some honorable mentions and stuff like that. Why don't you tell us your honorable mentions? Also, kind of break down your thought process where kind of leading into how you made your list for top five. So I went a bit of an abstract route with my top five. I didn't just do um, surprise jobbers winning matches, but I also did... Um, squashes that weren't supposed to be squashes, and um, even in defeat, the whole point of wrestling is getting over. And um, so, a couple of my uh, mentions are about people just getting over in defeat, which is always a good thing too. So, um, do you want to go back and forth on our top five, or do you want us to list off our top fives and go from there? I think back and forth would be kind of cool. Okay. Do you want to start with uh, your honorable mentions, and then maybe do your five? Yeah, I think one of my honorable mentions would be the Allen Angels uh, before he became five in Dark Order, uh, taking on Kenny Omega. And at that point, most people in the mainstream did not know who Allen Angels was. And he took Kenny Omega to the limit. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's what got him a contract with AEW was that match. So that was pretty interesting. My other one would be in terms of a squash, as something I thought about was Brody Lee winning the TNT title against Cody Rhodes. That's a good one. Because he beat him senseless. And so that was a surprise to most. And that was kind of leading presidents into my top five because I have a similar match like that that made me think about this. Real quick on the Brody Lee and the Cody Rhodes ones, I think that's an excellent choice. I didn't even thought about that. But I took my criteria a little bit different. I went for straight like these. You did not expect this dude to win. They pulled it off. But I really like the Brody Lee one. That's I wasn't into AEW when it was first kind of kicking off and stuff like that. But that's really what kind of kickstarted the Dark Order into being an actual kind of like force in AEW. Yes, that's what got them from being just a group of evil-looking guys to having some direction, having a figurehead at the front to kind of be that guy with the mainstay and um, have proper mic skills and just really take off with what they were trying to build there. 
And, you know, if you think about it now, we're, we uh, yesterday was actually Brody Lee's birthday. Yeah. So there's a lot of tributes. I know SmackDown Michael Cole led off with uh, the It's Friday. You know what that means. I know Bray Wyatt did a yeah, yeah, yeah in honor of Brody Lee. And then I think there was probably something on Rampage, but I didn't actually watch Rampage this Friday. But um, it's just sad to see what the factions turned into because, uh, you know, they've lost some guys to not re-signing them. I know five is no longer, or ten's no longer with them, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, it's really just Silver, Reynolds, and Uno now. So I'm wondering what they're going to do with that, that, that the, le- the leftovers of that team. I'll talk on the ten and what Rampage did for Brody Lee. It's not what you think. Uh, we'll get into that when we got talking to Rampage Breakdown later on. But it's the Dark Order is frustrating. It feels like they're long-term booking a little bit like 10 years out mm-hmm. because I feel like it's all just going to end up with negative one coming back and like leading that group. It's the most long-term booking choice to keep <laughs> that group alive. I'm not necessarily against it, but they do need to get something uh, going with that group and that stable to make it more relevant. Although I do love all the BTE segments they do. Oh yeah. They are fantastic. When Brody Lee was around, they were big fans of Chili's ribs. So that was a really great part. And also Watching Brody Lee try to break John Silver was hilarious, too. So, um, you know, never forget Brody Lee. Great guy. A lot of good yeah, stuff I heard in, in wrestling. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, um, do you want to do your number five upset, or do you want me to start with mine? I didn't necessarily have them ranked in terms of order, but I do know that I'm going to go off with the first one because I know it's going to get taken if I don't say it. Um, my first one is the, the Milan Miracle, Santino Morella. Beating Umaga for the Inter- Intercontinental Championship with the help of Bobby Lashley. I forgot about this till I looked it back up. But, yeah, that would be my first pick is Santino Morella, the, the comedic genius he was, winning his first match, being planted as a fan in the crowd. I thought about that. That was in my debating of my top five. I did not know they called it the Milan Miracle. That's a 10 out of 10. Love that. That is probably one of those good upsets. It's the kind of upset that I feel like WWE does well is when you give somebody immediate attention and spotlight. It starts off a good push. That's a good one. I I went for like straight up chat choices. My number five, just because of the recency bias, is the action Andretti over Jericho. I think people are going to talk about that match for a long time, especially depending on if action Andretti can have a prolonged career. Where they go with that storyline is really going to kind of dictate it. But I love the fact that whenever clean, one, two, three, no interference, anything else like that. And the fact that Jericho apparently saw him on Dark, I think it was, or Dark Elevation, is like, this guy can do it. Let's finish my story, and then I'm going to put that guy over. It's just super cool. Hopefully the story plays out for him. If it does, I think it probably raises the upset a little bit. But that's my number five. Good pick. Um, yeah, I don't know much about Action Andretti. I, have, I haven't been watching a lot of Dark and Elevation, but it did look like he's technically sound. Reminds me of a ricochet type with how he can do a lot of acrobatic stuff, so we'll see. Um, they do have a decent amount of high flyers on the roster, but, um, you know, more's not a bad thing. So, no. we can... I like that pick. I don't think anybody knows anything about Action Andretti. The entire crowd... I was... I was live in the audience for Winter is Coming, and everybody just called him Jobber. Nobody in my entire section knew what his actual name was, even after the match ended. Like, So, yeah. All right. 
So my number four that I'm going to go with was the Brock Lesnar John Cena match in SummerSlam of 2014. Um, that match, if no one, if people do not remember, was the one where Brock Lesnar squashed John Cena. You know, the greatest of all time in some regards, highly decorated champion. You know, flagship mainstay for the WWE for almost 20 years. Uh, got annihilated, um, suplexed out of his jorts, and um, that was kind of the start of. You know, that whole rivalry between them when he came when Lesnar came back, because that was right when he first came back, and kind of the end of, you know, mainstay John Cena, because after that, you know, he started showing up less and less and going into Hollywood. But, you know, it was a really good set of matches. I enjoyed the Extreme Rules one where they just pummeled each other into existence, but that's my number four. That's a really good pick. That was another one I really strongly considered. Just because I wanted it for like an upset like win is the only reason I didn't put that on my list. It was one of those matches though, like it really was kind of changing of the guard as mm-hmm. to like who the dude was in WWE. One of those matches that you kinda always think about. Not technically amazing or anything. I don't think Meltzer's given that one five stars, but it's a match that kind of set the precedent and the kind of changing the guard. Uh, my number four upset is uh, classic. It's just one of those that when you think about upset wins, you probably know it. I it's I'm gonna go with one two three kid or the kid as he was known over Razor Ramon way back in the day. Saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things again where in that match Razor did just completely dominate the match. There was. Very little to no offense from the kid at the time until he does the moonsault onto Razor Ramon, gets the one, two, three, becomes the one, two, three kid after. But especially because in that time, like nobody was putting other younger stars over, it was all just squashes and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of respect to Scott Hall, rest in peace, also for doing that for Sean Waltman. You probably don't get X Pac at all if that match doesn't happen. I wonder if their friendship bloomed from that, too, because they were all part of the clique, too. It was them two, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. So I wonder if that had something to do with it, too, the affiliation. You know, that's a good point. It, I feel like it had to have, especially because then when Hall and Nash go on, he they create DX shortly thereafter and get him involved. That's a good point. Uh, like I said, these are out of these are out of order. Do you want a historical one next for mine, or do you want one that I would actually say recently that maybe you've thought of? Hit me with some history. Ivan Koloff beating Bruno San Martino after a eight year title reign and taking away the longest reigning title holder in WWE history. Amazing, Amaz- <laughs> I did not see that coming like whatsoever. You went deep. I thought I was going deep with the kid and Razor Ramon. Like, you took it way back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Go on. Tell um, me. Just, you know, Bruno San Martino, the most untouchable champion in WWF territory era history. I mean, this was back in the 60s. He held the title up until 1971 when Ivan Koloff beat him. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? This is, you know, the closest thing we have is what we're dealing with right now with Roman Reigns having the title for I think we're we're you know we're gonna hit two years before we know it. Um, I actually don't know what he's at, but it's been very long. But we haven't had a title book like this in a very long time, and it's just been something that I sat on and thought about, and I said, you know, how long did Bruno have it for? And then I, I read the history, and so it was worth bringing up because anytime you can put some someone someone has to be very special to be able to beat you. 
when you have a title that long. And so it makes me wonder what they're going to do with Roman. We'll get into that later, but I wanted to include that as our top, our top five. No, that's an excellent pick. It's You hear a lot in the wrestling community about the Bruno San Martino reign. And of course, especially now with Roman Reigns' reign, tongue twister. Uh, it's one of those things where I know everybody now is talking about who's going to be the dude who finally beats Roman. I never thought about the guy who actually beat Bruno. And that's a really, really good point. Because at that point, like that's pre-internet and all that, pre-news. I'm, they may have still thought that it was all legitimate at that point in time. Maybe it was. I don't know. That's a great pick. That's an absolutely like 10 out of 10. <laughs> Damn, man. You are ranking those. I would say that that should be at least your number two or your yeah. number one. Well, the next two are pretty good, too, so I'm pretty proud of them. So as long as you don't pick them, then I'll be worth talking about. I've got some other mentions I can think about once we're done, too. Um, I'm going to go um, not too terribly long in the past. I'm going to go, I think it's 2010 or 2011, when Sheamus uh, won his first WWE championship yep. over John Cena. Did you have that as your other two? I did not have that. It was something I was reading on when I was looking for source material. I remember that he was coming out the gates super green, yeah, super new, and he, he beat Cena. So, And could you talk about you know Cena and Brock at SummerSlam and all that. Sheamus was the first dude who beat Super Cena. Like, I remember as, like, a kid, like, thinking, like, somebody's going to finally, like, beat this guy and all that. And for Sheamus to be one of the dudes who kind of, like, broke that string, nobody could have seen that coming. I don't think at the time everybody thought, okay, Cena's going to make him look good. Eventually he'll make the comeback, hit the attitude adjustment, the FU, whatever it's called at the time, get the W. No. Sheamus pulls it off. And at first I can't imagine it's looked at fondly. But now, I mean, Sheamus is top-of-the-line athlete and stuff, and he's been running WWE as a main event, high mid-card guy since. Are you saying banger after banger? Banger after banger. Okay, we got to give him some respect for how this this last couple of matches have been, especially with Gunther. Uh, Clash of the Castle was fantastic. If people haven't watched that, definitely recommend that match. Probably my favorite of the year. Just from the sheer violence without weapons, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a strong style fan, aren't you? Like, uh, just beating the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, like, I just like violence, you know? What can I say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll get into some more yeah. stuff about terms of violence, but right now, that's where I'm going to leave it at. All right. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, going to be my third one for you. Uh, hit me with one of your top two. I'm going to go with, because I want to save number, the one that happened most recent for last. I'll hit you with one more historical thing. Uh, it was Chris Jericho becoming the undisputed champion, beating The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. That was going to be my next one as well. (laughs) No, because that, I remember, I think everybody at the time, out of all the four people in that event, nobody fucking thought Jericho was going to win. No, because he was the one coming over from WCW. Why would they put him over over two top talents that they have on the roster? Yeah. So it was a good surprise. And I think, you know, as long as we have booking like that in, in the modern day, I think it's great. Like the Andretti thing that got this whole conversation going. You don't need to do it often. But you need to have it happen a couple of times just to build some credibility in these younger guys. It's not just enough sometimes to put them over by looking good in defeat, but also let them win. Yeah. So. Uh, damn, yeah. That was going to be my one, too. I just remember as a kid, I was not a Jericho fan. I was very much Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and thinking it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those two guys. Jericho's going to get beat in the first round. And 
this was back at a time where I did not have access to the internet. All that stuff's not getting out quick. And I remember waking up the next day, immediately checking the results and just being blown away and angry that Chris Jericho had somehow won the championship. And it's one of those things he was so good as being the bad guy that I did not like him for a while afterwards because I was so pissed that he got the championship over the Rock or Stone Cold. There's just some guys who are just masters of being heels, and I think Jericho's a fantastic heel. I think he's also very good at being a stooge in terms of being a heel because he's hilarious. Um, you know, the list of Jericho, sometimes I'll look at those clips just to make myself laugh. Yeah. Um, he's just great. Um, he's done a lot for the business, and he's still doing a lot at the age of, I think he's 50 or 51 now. So, I mean, you know, we need to appreciate him while we got him. Um, the run that he's been on the last four or five months and the match quality he's had is insane. And I will say that I didn't buy into the Jericho Appreciation Society because, first of all, it's too fucking long. Um, but also, uh, you know, he's been in nonstop faction since he's been back. But you think about it, I mean, it's always about putting over new guys. Sammy, Daniel Garcia, Andretti, um, Wheeler Yuta. You know, all these guys are, you know, they're coming into contact with they're getting put over. And so in the long term, um, in the long run, I think it's, been beneficial and so yeah i think it's been i think you're correct on that assessment i think they've been very good and i think it's been a pretty entertaining deal especially with um what's their names again the two tag the tag team in that thing i forgot their names just now you're talking about daddy magic daddy magic and angelo parker uh 2.0 2.0 yes those guys hilarious daddy magic is my favorite sports entertainer right now um i love daddy magic i love and the machismo the sports entertainers all of it all of it you enjoy a square head i do i just think it just fits him perfectly like he looks like no disrespect to the man he looks like a stooge working for some evil bad guy and stuff like that i think if they try to make a live action minecraft movie he would be a perfect person to use for that because of his 8-bit figure he would 100 percent be the bad guy in that movie yes and just put him directly on screen it's so good so good when they came out as the Clockwork Orange, I think it was for Blood and Guts. I was just like, yep, this is my dude. All right, yeah, so that was going to be my number two as well. Uh, actually, probably going to be my number one. I've been going back and forth. But what, so what's your last one on your list for your top five? Um, it was, uh, let me set the scene. John Cena doing open challenges for the United States title. One of his last long title reigns. Weekly invitationals to put people over. Held title for a long time. And then who came out the gates and beat him? <laughs> the man is none other than Kevin Owens. Hell yeah. In 2014, Kevin Owens came out, put on the match of his life, and that's how we met Kevin Owens on the main stage. And I think that, to me, as the most recent, uh, probably legendary superstar that I can enjoy, um, it's been great. I love Kevin Owens. He's hilarious. Works hard. He does a lot of crazy shit. Um, the story they're telling with him versus the bloodline right now is fantastic, um, which we'll get more into as we get into the shows. But um, just very proud of you know the two guys that they got in the ring, two guys that are dedicated to the craft of wrestling, and I thought it was one of the best uh, upsets ever. And that is my favorite. That's an excellent pick. 
I think something within the last couple of years that WWE's kind of struggled with is getting NXT guys over mm-hmm. on WWE, like main, like Raw and SmackDown. I mean, not that I don't think Bearcat Keith Lee was like not the best gimmick in the entire world or anything. Gunther is the notable exception, I would say, because they've continued just booking him like the machine he is. But the KO ones is an excellent choice. Are you telling me that you're not in on Karrion Cross in his hourglass of doom? I don't understand who thought we should make this guy look like a gimp. Like, I don't... It just kills all your credibility to me. Call me Blanchet. Call me old-fashioned. But I just think that wrestlers' gimmicks should not be that close to Slapjack and T-Bar and stuff like that. Well, even now that he's come back, I don't think they he's built himself up any more than he was when he left. I think that image is still stuck with people because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. He... He should go away a little bit longer, rediscover that gimmick, and come back. Well, I mean, he hardly wrestles, too, so that doesn't help him at all. Yeah. Um. Well, I got a couple more mentions that I thought of off the top that I can talk about real quick with you if you want to hear them. Yeah. Um, Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar for the title. That was going to be my number one. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that is tough. <laughs> it's that... Because Brock Lesnar at the time was just... Such a fiend. Like, he had been mega super pushed all the way to the top. Brock Lesnar had been the guy. Like, I mean, you nobody has the track record that he does of going through, like, The Rock, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle in that quick succession of time. They pushed him all the way to the top. And nobody could have predicted that Eddie Guerrero would be the guy to actually defeat him. Yes, there is the Goldberg interference in that match, which I can understand would kind of hinder the upset factor. The whole WrestleMania 20 match between Lesnar and Goldberg was trashed. The whole setup was awful. But the Guerrero getting that win at No Way Out was just so vindicating. And then the title run that he got afterwards was great. I, yeah, 10 out of 10. That was one of my favorite upsets, especially... Just kind of starting to like really appreciate Eddie Guerrero right before he got that run. And then the entire thing was just amazing. And my last one, uh, Kevin Kevin Nash beating Goldberg for the end of streak. Don't really have much to say about it because Goldberg's not the best technically sound wrestler after growing up and realizing the art of wrestling based on being an adult and learning more about the industry. Um, but I just think it's interesting because he won so many matches and squashed so many people and then he finally lost to Kevin Nash. Thought that was worth bringing up. That that is a good one too. It's people always remember the streak; they never remember the people who break the streak. He's no Gilbert. That's what I'm saying. That's the main thing I want to focus on. Gilbert is a way better wrestler than Goldberg. Ten, out of ten. and I'll stand by that. <laughs> well, it's the top five of the week. Uh, top five upsets. Uh, let's kind of break down the week that has been in the past now. A um, couple big news items this week. Um, Colton, what do you think is the biggest newsworthy thing in the wrestling world this week? Well, I think that Vice documentary aired, The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon, and uh, now there's rumors circulating that he wants to come back. And the, the allegations uh, have been apparently blown um, out of proportion slash are dying down. And so he thinks he can assume back power. But from reports... Uh, a lot of people don't want him back. I, as a fan, do not want him back either. Um, the booking has been better. There's still some issues, but 
when you run programs that are trying to accommodate for not just adult wrestling fans but also children, I understand. But I will say that there's more consistent booking and more stars are putting on TV now than were under the Vince regime. And so I do not think I would want him back in the slightest. A lot of people didn't like Vince before all of the allegations came out. But at the same time, you can't. Well, you're right. The show's been better. Like, all of it has been so much better. It's doing what it needs to be doing. And with him gone, it's like a well-oiled machine. And it's doing everything that we thought Triple H could do when he was running NXT. And so for him to come back now, it just it's going to be a no for me. I don't know if it was a meme or not, but I saw something where they announced that he wanted to come back and like their stock just like plummeted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a meme or if that was legit. Either way, that's also the fans' interest level in the WWE program, I think, if he does come back and they give him that opportunity. Yeah, I definitely do not think uh, a lot of people will be welcoming him. and I don't think a lot of people in the company probably want him back either based on how things were being run before he left. There was a lot of low morale. You can tell the different energy over the last six months or so, and I think it's been different, and I think it's been good. And so why would you want to mess that up? Even though that's even though you created the business, you should let the business run in peace. So that was a big point. Um, second one, the Sasha deal. I see a lot of reports talking about how she wanted to get paid in the same amount of money that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are getting paid, and they didn't give that to her. Um, and also, we got to remember that this whole thing with her departing, and with, along with Naomi, which we don't even mention Naomi, which is, I don't even know what she's doing, um, started with them not booking the tag titles credibly. And so... Talk about Vince McMahon fucking up again. Yes. Yeah. Um, making mistakes like Slapjack. Uh, really not even Slapjack, but letting Slapjack go. He was a great talent. Um, just just on name alone. But, um, yeah, I just don't think um, she's going to come back. I know there's some talks about her showing up in New Japan. Yeah. But I know Carl Anderson, who is signed with WWE, is also wrestling in New Japan. So... I know working relationships happen, and that's good for the business. I hope they continue to do stuff like that. But as long as I see it right now, I don't see Sasha Banks wanting to come back and wrestle for them with the way that they've treated her, which is with not a lot of uh, support yeah. that they've given to others. Do you do you think that she's going to go to AEW? You know, I don't know. She's got a lot of avenues in Hollywood also that seem to be opening up for her, so... I think she wants to wrestle, but I also don't think she has to. Yeah. And so I think she wants to finish stuff at WWE. I think there's a lot of unfinished business she can do if they if they get their stuff together. But it's been this long now that I don't see that happening. So we'll see. I mean, I, th- th- I think she could be good in AEW, but I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting because with her being heavily reported going to be showing up at Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan. Is it Wrestle Kingdom or something like that? It's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, with her being reported, and then, of course, New Japan and AEW's relationship. Everybody is talking about Sasha going to AEW because they've been doing this program. I don't know if you've seen the one with Soraya. Uh, Soraya, sorry. No one can pronounce her name. Uh, she keeps talking about she's going to have a special guest tag team partner against Britt Baker and not Jamie Hayter, but the other girl who's in that group. Rebel? Rebel, yeah. Britt Baker and Rebel against Soraya, and then one other random person. 
they're making it seem like it could be Sasha. I think logistically it would also make sense if it was Thunder coming back from injury. But that's going to be interesting. If I don't think she's going to come fully to AEW. She said in the past she wants to work with New Japan and that kind of style. I think it would make more sense if she just was in New Japan, did a couple crossover events a la like Will Ospreay, things like that, and Jay White. Now, of course, if she is going back to New Japan, she's going to wrestle there. If she does wrestle in AEW, it also talks about like good matchups and stuff like that. Um, also, the rumor this week of possibly guy you talked about making his career against John Cena earlier, Kevin Owens and Shawn Michaels. Um, potential. They're not shooting that idea down as a match. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I mean, I've seen Shawn Michaels wrestle since um, the Australia show. Uh, where they took on Undertaker and Kane with when Triple H tore his peck. Uh, he looked pretty good, um, but that was a few years ago. And, you know, it's hard when you see older guys wrestle because, you know, they have a limited mobility and limited sets of things they can do. I know Ricky Steamboat just wrestled not that long ago on a match on a different card. I don't remember the name of it, but from what I read and heard, it was pretty good. He did pretty good for what his age. I think he's in his 60s. But, um, you know, I think it'd be nice to see him formally retire after a match because I don't know if he's truly done until he says he's done. So, yeah, I mean, we saw Triple H retire at WrestleMania, you know, due to health reasons, you know, his heart. But I think it'd be good to see Shawn Michaels get one last match, you know, especially against someone that's, that's as studious as Kevin Owens. I think it'd be a fun time. And I think that if I can trust anyone on the roster to make things work, it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn made Johnny Knoxville look like Rob Van Dam. So. True, true. That's, I think, the most underrated quality about KO and Sami to general wrestling fans is they're safe workers. They protect the guys they're working with. The Steve Austin KO match at WrestleMania last year is the best example in the world of that. There's a part of me that wants to see Sean wrestle KO because I do know that there's a chance it's going to be like the Steve Austin match, which slapped. But at the same time, I don't know. I really enjoyed the whole send-off HBK had, and I do think that there is kind of an issue with sometimes... I do think there's an issue sometimes with wrestlers coming back from retirement too often. I'm not saying HBK is going to be Ric Flair 2.0, God forbid, please no, but it's something that could happen. If anybody, though, KO's the guy. He's still got one more match in him, Lenry. you got to be nice to him. He does have one more match in him, uh, and I do. The part of me that wants me to see him come back and face KO is to have it so that that uh, tag team match is not his last match ever. I was talking about Ric Flair. Oh. (laughs) I trust Shawn Michaels, but Ric Flair thinks he's still got it, and boy, does he not. How long did he have to train to take a bump for that uh, match? It's a couple months, right? A while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do see there's some rumors also of Logan Paul showing up to wrestle one of the big stars in wrestling. So we'll see who he's going to wrestle because he did pretty good at the Saudi show. And uh, it'd be worth seeing him keep go- keep growing, you know. I will say that even though most people don't like the Paul brothers, they have done a lot for keeping things entertaining that have become a little stale. Like celebrities taking wrestling on. I know Bad Bunny did good. But Logan Paul's training and you know doing his job on that end. I know Logan Paul's done a lot for boxing, good and bad. But uh, you know we, I haven't seen so much talk about boxing like I have in the last couple of years thanks to those guys. So It's true. I 
will admittedly, I say I don't like either of them as human beings, but their impact is undoubtable for what you're saying exactly. Nobody cared about boxing. Nobody's cared about boxing since Mayweather and Pacquiao went away. And they've done a lot for that sport since. Logan Paul, like it or not, brings eyes to television. He's introducing a generation who probably didn't give a shit about WWE. He's bringing them in, making them look good. And if you're putting on matches like against Roman, fucking let's do it all day. Yes. Um, I think our last news article, probably the most interesting news article of the week, is uh, Mandy Rose getting released the day after losing her title in NXT. Um, I think she had the longest reign as of any woman in NXT with the belt, which is about 450 days, I would say. Wow. It was, it was somewhere around there. I didn't realize that. And, um, yeah, she, she was supposed to drop it at New Year's Evil. They moved it up to this week due to the allegations of why her, she got released, which is about posting um, exclusive content on her page under her actual name. Um, and which is a violation of contract due to um, them not letting you have exclusive content while you're working under them. It needs to all be tied to the WWE umbrella. And she, not only that, was she was posting risque content that they weren't uh, supportive of. And so that's the rumors that she got let go because of that. Now, with that said, there's still a chance that she may come back if they tidy it up, but we don't know. But it's just hard for me to think they wouldn't want her back with um how they booked her yeah what do you think i think there's a couple different interesting angles on this one and we're really gonna have to just kind of wait and see how it all plays out it's strange to me because i've heard rumors that she wanted to be released previously and those rumors kind of burb gurgle and burble and then all of a sudden she posts um from what i heard i haven't seen the picture uh of like a topless pic with uh, hand down the pants, all that kind of stuff. Not uh, stock market friendly kind of stuff they want their brand associated with. I think it's all going to come down to what she wants to do in the end. Um, she probably makes more money off of that fan page than she makes in NXT. I would probably bet that because... It's probably, she's charging probably people, those simps, a lot of damn money to see those picks. And so there's a part of me that's like, man, if my options were taking nudes and selling them on the internet and making tens of thousands of dollars a month doing that or getting my ass beat in every week, yeah, I'm going to probably just take the nudes on that one. Uh, it reminds me of something uh, RJ City said on Hey EW with his interview uh, with Tony Storm. You never saw Andrew do the giant selling his body for money. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they had cameras that would spread that long. <laughs> so that's a fair point. You can't tell me that Andre the Giant would make a fucking killing on OnlyFans or one of those sites and stuff like that. I mean you gotta wonder. <laughs> just you so just post one picture, charge a thousand dollars to see it. You're gonna make some fucking money here, Andre the Giant. He lost out. He just missed out for the digital age. Sucks. We all know he was super poor anyways. Yeah, he was really struggling, especially after The Princess Bride. Am I right? Yeah, that movie was a flop. Everybody hated that movie. All right. Well, we talked about some news, some top five. Let's kind of break down the week that we just kind of witnessed. Um, kind of give a little bit of information about this. 
I am primarily an AEW guy. Um, it got me back into all of this crazy stuff. Colton has been watching wrestling consistently for years. He is more inform- more knowledgeable about this subject. Uh, he does a lot more WWE stuff. I am trying to give it a chance. I will say now that Triple H has taken over, I hear what you're saying about the product, and I've been checking it out more and more. More so AEW, though. Uh, let's start it from uh, basically take it down to Raw. Well, actually, you mind if I just run down a couple quick hits on uh, ROH Final Battle last yes, Saturday? Yes, you have the floor. Thank you, thank you. Um, I was lucky enough to go uh, with a good friend of the program, Tyler Seaton, a good friend of mine, been friends for years, and we went and saw Final Battle up in Arlington on Saturday. That show was amazing. The double dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes was the best match I have ever seen live in my entire life. I honestly could not believe that shit. So many good moments, so many good spots. The crowd was hot as hell. I was completely unfamiliar with the Briscoes. I am a fan of their work in the ring moving forward. Can't vouch for them out of the ring. I will vouch for what they can do inside that ring into the day of the week after that. Loved the spot with Claudio winning the championship back over Jericho. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted that he would get him to tap with the swing. I was kind of thinking while I'm watching Jericho just swing and swing, how is he going to get out of this? How long can he keep going? The tap was a crazy, crazy finish. Good choice. My my big takeaway uh, from the ROH show, and I mean this very much in sincerity, is that uh, their ring announcer, Bobby Cruz, is awful. I have such a higher respect for Justin Roberts and the job he does after witnessing Bobby Cruz do nothing at the ROH show. I'm bringing you the hot takes that you didn't even know you wanted, you didn't know you needed. Bobby Cruz was awful. He did not engage with the crowd whatsoever. There was no communication. It went from zero hour to the main event starting, and I literally had no idea that there was a difference. He just immediately just went in the new match, never interacted with the crowd. Justin Roberts, you have a fan for life in me after the ROH show. Um, If you did not see the ROH show, I would recommend checking out a replay just for the double dog collar match. The Yuta and Garcia match was also super good. Highly enjoyed. Keith Lee swerving our glory. The whole turn with Swerve going on him. Also amazing. Keith Lee never disappoints. Just a couple of quick hits from Final Battle. And then we'll kind of move into the big show of the week, uh, Monday Night Raw. Do you think uh, Tony Chimble's doing anything? You think that they can get Tony Chimble to come call ROH? They should. I mean, if I was Tony Khan, I would have called him... Or Lillian? What? Yeah. Get Lillian Garcia back in this. Yeah, I mean, I'll take either of them. I think Lillian Garcia tried making music. Uh, Don't have much more on that, but... Probably yeah. not a good sign you don't have more on that. But, yeah, no, let's bring either of those guys back. I don't know Bobby Cruz's history with ROH. He probably has been there since the start, and I'm being like a huge dick to ROH fans. But if you're listening, Bobby Cruz, and I know you are, just be more engaging with your fans at the live events. Listen to the grapple fucks. Listen to us. Exactly, exactly. All two people that are listening to this, I thank you. I hope Tony Cruz, you're one of them, you fuck. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So much, much of WWE this week, and I think like most things in the world right now, we're just all just kind of coasting into the new year. So Raw, I didn't have much to talk about. Um, 
I know Alexa Bliss is they're teasing the Bray Wyatt uh, family thing. And so that's been kind of interesting. She's going to be taking on Bianca Belair. And uh, so they're showing her character shift. That was one thing I noticed. Um, they got Akira Tozawa back in his regular gear. He's no longer a ninja. So that's noteworthy, I guess. And really the only big thing that came out of it that I noticed was uh, Bobby Lashley got fired for a little bit, which they re recanted the next time or the next day due to the whole Mandy Rose thing, we believe. Um, but yeah, they're building him into like the next like monster. I know he's going to take on Brock Lesnar again. He'll probably end up beating him. And they may use him in that same kind of role as the heavy that just comes in and squashes people. And you kind of turn him into something like Brock Lesnar. So we'll see. Um, he's not a, not a young guy either. He's in phenomenal shape, though. He's a, But he is about 46, 47 years old. So, you know, I don't know how much more he's got in him. But if they turn him into a part-timer where he just comes in and wrecks people and leaves like Brock Lesnar, I wouldn't be against it. It gives us a little variety. Um and we'll see. Uh, but also, Seth Rollins is a national treasure. I love that man. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that he is still just kicking it, you know. Do you, are you pro or against them taking away the ninja gimmick? Honestly, you know, I'm real devastated that they took it away. I think, you know, there's nothing more culturally appropriate than having a Japanese wrestler in a ninja gimmick. I'm sure that's something he loved to do. Oh yeah, he he. I can't um, imagine he didn't just love the shit out of that. I, uh, you know, he's a really good wrestler. I remember watching him when Two O Live was like being pushed, and uh, he was talented. I think him and r Truth don't get the love they deserve sometimes due to their comedic relief. But you know, I'm glad he gets a chance to wrestle. I know there's been some other guys being put on Raw that have gotten a chance to show up more, like Ali. Um, that's been good. But. I mean, street profits are good, but nothing's really happening. You know, no one, there's no one really inside to take the Usos down. Um, Judgment Day is just kind of treading water until they do the Edge and uh, Beth versus Rhea and Finn thing is what I'm assuming they're going to do at Royal Rumble, if not at WrestleMania. So we're just kind of hanging out until the new year so they can start building to the road to WrestleMania. And that's kind of the downside of this part of the year. Is... Is Edge his whole thing now that he's back just to kind of show up for a month or two and then take like five months off? Yes. Because it feels from someone who very loosely is kind of following this, it feels like that he shows up, does a match or two, pushes the rivalry along, and then just kind of leaves. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're running out of time. Um, he hasn't made note that he would like to retire in Canada next year when they come back through, probably around August. So we'll see. Um, you know, another guy that wants to retire on his own terms, not by what the uh, doctors told him. And thankfully, he got cleared. But yeah, they're just kind of treading water. They like they like signed off, uh, Brooke, you know, Beth Phoenix by hitting her with a concerto, and then they did the same thing to him. So they're just kind of hanging out. I don't know what's really all going on there, but yeah. And then also, you know, Randy Orton's out. Um, I forgot to mention this in the news, but Riddle got, not, you know, taken off TV too. Yeah. Apparently he's in rehab. Yeah. So um, hopefully he gets hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he gets right and they can get him back. But yeah, you know, they're changing stories probably super often due to the, the limited roster they got on that end. But um. Yeah, they're just kind of coasting. It was an all right show. Nothing much different than last week, unfortunately. 
It's so weird in the last few years, I guess since SmackDown went to Fox, that SmackDown is the A show, Raw is becoming the B show, even though Raw still has three hours of television every week. If they would just take one hour off, that would be fantastic, but I know that there's a lot of stuff in terms of the TV deal and advertising that pays all this, all these bills and all these checks to the wrestlers that you can't really do that right now, but it would be a much better product for you know hardcore wrestling fans if they would just take an hour off of it and just compact it into a two-hour quality show. I mean, it's not like they don't have new wrestling hour programs put out like every week. Just chop an hour off of Raw, put main event in front of it, put one of those other hour shows and stuff like that as almost like a pre-Raw type show. Are you going to watch main event? I'm not watching Raw, so no, I won't be watching main event. Like, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I've seen a couple of wrestlers try to get people to watch a main event. I know Mustafa Ali was trying. Dominic Dijakovic, when he was T-Bar, was trying. Um, you can't get, you can't trick me like that. I won't watch <laughs> it. I'm not gonna watch an hour of mediocre wrestling. So, unfortunately, I had to pass on that. Do you remember when main of uh, Saturday Night Main Event was like a big thing? Yeah, it was like in the 90s and 80s before I was even thinking about wrestling. That's when it was a deal. And then they brought it back in like the mid to late 2000s and tried to like sell me on it. And it was kind of interesting because they treated it as a one-off. And now it's just, you know, whatever. And it's like it's like tribute to the troops. They don't even do that anymore. I mean, they do like a just like a compilation show. I You unlock the deep memory of mine <laughs> <laughs> of Saturday Night Main Event. So... When they brought it back, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was the summer of 2006. And I remember I was so excited about Saturday Night Main Event because it was going to be on a show. I only had four television channels at the time. And so one of them was UPN, or sorry, an NBC. And that they were going to play it on NBC. And so I was stoked that I was going to see, you know, big guys wrestle again and all that. And the thing was is that my sister got tickets to uh, the rodeo in town. She got two extra tickets. My mom was going to go with her. My dad was gone at work. And they're like, hey, you can come to the rodeo. And I was like, no, I can't. I got to watch Saturday Night Main Event. And I was so excited. I grilled up some hot dogs for myself, getting ready to watch it. And the local NBC station didn't carry the program. They showed a movie uh, about something else. I don't even remember what the movie was. I blocked that part out. But I just remember being so angry that the local Austin network didn't show Saturday Night Main Event. And instead, I then had to write an email to the Austin affiliate NBC cursing them out, uh, 12-year-old me style, for not showing Saturday Night Main Event. And no, they did not email me any responses to that <laughs> complaint. Yeah, I you know, speaking of emailing people made uh, things, this is off topic of wrestling, but do you remember... Uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy cinnamon squares. They look like cinnamon rolls, but they were squares. And you like, oh, edible things? I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you can cut this out. <laughs> we're going to cut this out. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> yeah, but no, what is it? It was just little little cinnamon rolls you could bake on it. You could bake in a pan in the oven. And there's just little tiny ones you could peel apart and eat them. And it's something that I want to bring back. You know, people fight for Dunkaroos. People fight for all these things. But I need some advocates for the mini, the mini cinnamon rolls. And uh, this is bad radio, but I'm going to show you the picture of it. Um, 
people listening at home, all two of you, uh, just, you know, don't worry about this. This is more for uh, Linnery and I. We're going to post uh, the pictures of the Cinnamon Squares on uh, the 16 Apples Twitter account where you can follow along. Cinnamon Mini. Those look super good. Yeah, they were. And it's it, like a little square cinnamon thing. They're like, it's almost Cinnamon Toast Crunch size, it looks speaking like. Speaking of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, they're making cinnamon roll cereal now. It's little mini cinnamon rolls that you put in that cereal. And it's fantastic. Take all of my money. Go, I Go to your local Walmart. Do you know? Aka sp- Capitalism Central. Speaking of Walmart, they actually have a superior knockoff version. Really? Have you ever had cinnamon toasters? No. <laughs> Cinnamon toasters will blow your goddamn mind. Cinnamon toasters are a superior cinnamon toast crunch cereal to cinnamon toast crunch. Huh. Go 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 to Walmart after we're done with this. Pick up just the small bag, which their small bag is still like a large box of cinnamon toast crunch. They're gigantic. They're like large variety packs. Huge. Huge. Uh, we got some lovely it's like what? 428 on a fucking Saturday, and the guys are choosing now to leaf blow. Um, HOA fees, baby. They've been leaf blowing pretty much all day. It's pretty great. It's about as much busy work as you can get. Um, but yeah, I will also like to add that um, I thought of a deep memory over the week about uh, meals and food. And for those that don't know, Lindner and I lived together uh, two separate times over the years since we graduated high school. Uh, Lenry is a year older than me, but uh, we lived together in college, and one year I lived with Lenry, he ate nothing but eggs and chicken sandwiches for an entire month, and so that's worth noting that I'm impressed by his diet. He's still alive, obviously. He's doing okay, but I just thought I'd bring that up. What, to bring it full circle, what you don't realize is the thing that got me off of the eggs and chicken sandwich diet, which is 100% true. I just ate scrambled eggs with hot sauce. Uh, Costco, uh, like, breaded chicken patties with a slice of Tillamook cheese, slap your mama, Cajun seasoning on top. College kids, do it. Get a Costco card just for that exact purpose. It'll save you so much money. What got me off of that? Cinnamon toasters from the Walmart. (laughs) I had one bowl of it. I was like, this is, like, the best shit in the world. And then for, like, a week... All I ate was cinnamon toasters. That was way more unhealthy for me, most likely, than just eating egg and chicken sandwiches. But I don't regret a goddamn thing. (laughs) So, yeah, that was us talking food. That's a segment that we weren't going to put on here, but we did. Because aren't we entertaining? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just going to keep all of this. There's going to be very little editing. That's a lot of work for me. (laughs) It's all just going in. It's quality content. If you want to listen, you can. If you don't want to listen, we'll put an ad read here if we ever get famous enough to do that. So... You know, if you want us to not talk about this... Wait, I, I do have an ad read. Get Blue Chew to call us. Uh, oh, yeah. Blue Chew, please sponsor us. It's uh, like Viagra but gum, I guess. Wait, that's what that was? I thought it was a dog food. No, it's Viagra. Oh. You're thinking of Blue Buffalo. I am thinking of Blue Buffalo. So, what a terrible mistake I would have made. If Blue Buffalo <laughs> wants to call, I have a dog, so I will sponsor you. Um, Just get on it. I also would like to for us to be sponsored uh, by uh, the underwear company. Me undies, sorry. Oh, uh, Duluth, Duluth does make 
I was gonna say they make better underwear, but I'd never say anything like that to jeopardize our sponsorship. Yeah, no, we love MeUndies. We all have MeUndies. Yeah. Duluth, if you're listening, though, I would prefer if you sponsored. I specifically only buy your underwear. I've never gotten the treat of MeUndies. If MeUndies would like to entice us, though, you're more than welcome yeah, to do that you, also. You can send us a sample. Yeah, just both of you fight for our, our affection and all of our listenership. Uh, all six, uh, including Bobby Cruz, that dumb piece of shit ring announcer yeah, from We ROH. really don't like Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz is not a friend of the podcast. I wouldn't wish a lot of things on him but if like he like got cold eggs served to him or stepped on a lego i'm okay with either of those things happening my friend of the podcast tyler seaton made the comment at uh final battle he looks like he just found out his bookie uh realized where he was the entire time at like ringside he was sweating he looked nervous he owes somebody money and we can help him win that money back with a sponsorship from me undies or duluth or, or Blue Chew. Or Blue Chew, yeah. Or Blue Buffalo. Or Blue Buffalo. And if we're looking local, Jim's Restaurant, if you would like to sponsor me, I do love y'all, and I'm trying to keep y'all in business, so call us. Jim's is good. Uh, local, too, to the San Antonio area. I'm going to shout out uh, Taqueria Las Soyas out in Bernie. It's a little food truck. You're laughing. It's the best damn tacos in the city, and we live in San Antonio. That's tough competition. I look, man. Las Soyas Taqueria. It's, I'm probably getting the name wrong. It's just like by my job. It's legitimately the best tacos around. Okay. And that's us talking food and sponsors that we don't have. So Wait, I do have one sponsorship. 16 Apples Productions. Please subscribe to us at, at 16 Apples Pod. I think, wait, I got to look up and if you if, if you subscribe in time, we'll send you 16 Apples. Yes. The uh, next... 10 subscribers to at 16 apples pods are eligible to win uh 16 apples sent to them you don't get to pick what they are though so if you think you can get fiji apples when we can only afford granny smith you need to think again true we we choose the apples we send you yeah at 16 apples pod uh 16 apples productions on twitter Make sure to follow us there. We'll give updates to this show, Holy Jabronis, as well as other 16 Apples productions. Also, make sure you check the apples because we may send you fakes once just to test you. One of them, at least one of them's a fake apple. So, so yeah, next 10 subscribers to add 16 apples pod, you get 16 apples sent to you. Do you remember when you did an Easter egg hunt in the house? <laughs> I do that to everybody. Oh, you did that to, okay. Well, no, I did it mainly to you because of how adverse you were to it. And I got a good reaction. That's half of why I do shit is just to get a reaction. I did it one time to Tanner, a uh, friend of the pod, and uh, he hated it. He did not look for the eggs. It was a waste of my damn time. It was really, really upsetting. I spent like an hour hiding those eggs. Um, So I will say that this has been great, this banter. Um, I'd like to skip over NXT because there's not enough to talk about, worth noting, besides Mandy Rose losing her belt and they're talking about redesigning the belts. Um, you don't. You have not watched NXT, correct? No, okay. I do not go out of my way to watch. NXT I will WWE. report back next week with more newsworthy stuff because right now nothing's going on. So we will move on to dynamite. Dynamite. Winter is coming. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm kind of on the AEW tour. I was at Winter is Coming uh, this past Wednesday night. One of the best live experiences I've ever had. I'm just going to do some highlights and some lowlights um, from Dynamite. Um, the top thing for me during that show was the Andretti match. Jericho getting that reaction out of that crowd who was just so against him and getting us behind Jobber, Action Andretti. Nobody knew his name. It was ridiculous. 
I've never heard an old stadium get as loud as they were when Action Andretti won that match. The pop on that was insane. There's a reason why Jericho's the best thing that AEW has ever signed. And things like that, yeah, you got to respect it. The Elite, the trios title match versus Death Triangle. I could watch these guys wrestle any day of the week. I am excited now because next week they're doing the notice qualification match, which should be a banger. Kenny Omega, I'm just going to take a second. You have been telling me about Kenny Omega for years. Telling me about this guy, singing his praises. I didn't listen. Watching Kenny Omega wrestle is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He is the smoothest athlete in that ring I have ever witnessed with my own eyes. The one point in the match, he did a fireman's carry, flip, immediately jumped to the middle rope and hit a moonsault. And it's just poetry in motion. Kenny Omega is that dude. The promo afterward was okay. It works. Whatever they do with it, just please let Kenny Omega talk more. Give that guy more promos. He is amazing at it. Low light, uh, Timello, Ruby. That match was a little bit hard to get through. No disrespect to either. I don't know. I just don't feel like there was a meshing that well throughout the entire match. I'm happy Ruby won. I hope they just both move on. It doesn't look like that's going to happen because Anna JAS showed up. Kind of got in the way at the end after Ruby won. I don't know if they're going to do like a tag thing. I don't know who would tag with Ruby. Maybe that's where Thunder Rosa comes back. There's been a lot of reports that her injury is kind of getting better. They expect a year in January. That was low light, though. Also low lights is Ricky Starks not being able to hit the powerbomb properly. They botched that spot twice after a really good main event. MJF is just amazing, though. Like, that dude is a generational talent. Very happy to see him, anything he does. Him and Danielson, I hope to God that they let those guys just go at it. Give them time. Let MJF show what he can do exactly against Danielson. That's probably going to be, what's next, Revolution is the next pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah, that's probably going to be the main event in that match. Let him go. Give him time. Show what MJF can actually do in the ring. I know he's probably going to cheat to win. He's this generation's Ric Flair and all that. He is a generational talent. And he has the diamond ring again. I know. He's got the triple B. He's got the diamond ring. He's the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, a couple things that I want to bring up that I saw on Dynamite. Um, one, I know they talked about it on Rampage 2. FTR versus Gun Club. Not super sold on it. Don't find it really interesting because I don't think the Gun Club can hold a candle to those guys. But if the FTR can get them over, which I know they can, my, my tune will change on them. The other thing I don't like that I noticed is a claim going against Jeff Jarrett and the Slap Nuts. I do not care a single bit about that team of all of Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, um, Sanjay Dutt, and Jeff Jarrett. I love Jeff Jarrett's theme. I think he's hilarious, but I could care less about that being the next feud with the Acclaimed. I wish they would have used somebody else. I get you want to get them TV time, so that's fine, but I'm not super keen on it. Um... That's fair. I think, I kind of think that the whole acclaimed and I'm just calling them Team TNA, honestly. That's what I've been calling them. Um, 
Team TNA and the Acclaimed, it's just kind of like a holdover for the Acclaimed. I think whoever wins Gun Club FTR is going to be their next actual competitors, and they're going to start that program out. I would not be adverse to FTR, Gun Club, and the Acclaimed. Give me a triple threat tag match. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm not against that either. Um, And then for my takeaways from the main event, Let's just keep Ricky Starks on on some TV time. Yeah. I think he deserves it. He, yeah. he works hard. He's a good promo guy. Um, so we'll see. But I really do hope they use him some more. I think he earned it. I think he can chase other things and then see how that goes. But I know Hook also came back. You didn't mention Hook, the handsome devil, as they call him. Hook showing up to save Jungle Boy was for me the biggest surprise of the night outside of Action Andretti winning. I did not in a bajillion years expect him to show up, let alone show up on Dynamite. I just want to make a distinction that he showed up on Dynamite cuz Hook has almost been exclusively on Rampage. Do you think it's a ruse? I think it's a bit of I I have I'm suspect because uh why would uh Lee Moriarty and I call him and William Morrissey but Big Cass Big Bill now. Big Bill would <laughs> would mop the floor with Hook as much as Hook is great, and he's you know everybody loves him. You're not taking Big Bill on by yourself. No, and I kind of think it's interesting because they're well they're setting up Jungle Boy versus Big Bill right after he beat Luchasaurus at a uh, fucking full gear, and so I guess they're trying to make the Jungle Boy can. It, it feels like they're. It feels like they're going through puberty with Jungle Boy's character. He's becoming, he's going from Jungle Boy to Jungle Man in front of our eyes. Georgia the Jungle. Georgia the Jungle. Respect to Brandon Frazier. We love that guy. Go see the whale in theaters. Uh, uh, pay us. Pay us also. Yeah, A24, please sponsor the podcast. Somebody pay us. Please. Do you know how hard it is to make money out on the streets? <laughs> I should clarify we don't live on the streets. Um, but I do think, I don't know. The Lee Moriarty versus Hook thing is interesting I almost feel like this is going to lead into Hook taking an L. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I don't know how long Tony Khan wants to let him be the undefeated guy. But yeah, Hook versus Big Cass, Big Bill. That's a mismatch if I ever saw one. I I do enjoy Lee Moriarty just looking like he just has too much energy all the time he's on TV. He looks like he can't sit still, and that's fantastic. I'm very glad that they're giving him time to shine with the firm. Same with Ethan Page. He didn't make television this week i don't think he was on uh the dark elevations taping they did this whole bit this is spoilers alert for anybody who watches dark elevation if you're listening to this podcast and you're a regular watcher of dark elevation please do follow us at 16 apples pod because you're a true one you're a real one they brought him out this whole storyline with private party and matt hardy it's gonna put ethan page over but i just need it to happen sooner because i am an ethan page fan need to get him going more but yeah, Hook coming out, saving Jungle Boy, that tag team match, whenever that's going to happen, is going to be interesting, I'll say for now. Also, can Jade Cargill please lose a match? I'm tired of watching the setup they're doing with that that belt. I was very glad that I didn't, there was no Jade stuff on the show, honestly. And there's no credibility to that title anymore. No, they should have pivoted. I know that they wanted Statlander to win before she got hurt. I miss Chris Statlander. I do too. They need to get somebody in there to win that TBS title. Jade's story is dull. It's not interesting. 
she for a while it made sense because she was getting better she was no pun intended but she was green and she's been was getting better and better she's stalled there mm-hmm. needs to be something to happen with it um i personally if they I, that's probably going to be out longer the reports are she tore her acl i personally would put willow in that shot um willow is over as fuck i don't know how you feel about willow but she can go in the ring she's over get her the shot make it make sense just do something yeah i don't know much about her i know that they also tease like a red velvet turn on jade but red velvet's about a third of the size of jade so i don't see that happening but yeah i just i mean it's an interesting booking um i mean when you build someone up that that unstoppable it's hard to get credibility built in people when you're not really building up a lot of the women's division because they don't get enough time so we'll see um I mean, I just hope they can turn it around. They usually do, but right now it's just kind of stagnant booking. So, AEW's women division is basically broken down into two things. There's the uh, AEW Women's Championship and the TBS. There's no other storylines outside of those. They tried the Brit and Soraya storyline, and it was solid. It was good. The match was pretty good, also. But they need to do more for that division. They're trying. They need to do more. I actually think that's why Sasha Banks could do a lot of good, even if it's just for a couple matches, put some people over. It should be a good ratings pool. I know ratings are a big deal right now, so um, that'd be good too. But honestly, they just need to most most things just need to switch to streaming type yeah. uh, deals, and so we'll see how TV works too. But I know that everyone's measured in ratings, even though cable's dying. So we'll see what they do with that too. Did you see, and this kind of blew my mind, Winter is Coming did better ratings overall and in demo this year compared to last year. No, I'm not surprised, um, but they did it with a completely different group of people. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I know Winter's Coming started with Sting, and he was, I think he had knee surgery is what I read. Mm. But um, I also want to know where Miro's at. Yeah. Where, and I do also, we didn't even talk about House of Black demolishing the factory. House of Black, they're kind of in the standstill. They're kind of coming back, kicking ass. They're going to feud with, I'm going to guess, the Elite. It'd be I, great. I do think the Elite's going to win the best of seven. They'll make the three to one comeback, all that. And then I think after the Elite win, House of Black shows up, start that feud. That feud would have so many amazing matches also. So I'm for that. I think that's where they're going. It was really fun watching them just beat the shit out of the factory. Julia hitting uh, Nick with the black mist and all that. Great. I love the whole Stevie Nicks vibe they're giving her. House of Black's good, man. Do you think that's going to impact that guy as a character, or do you think it was just to distract him? I thought about that. If they're going to make some kind of change with Nick after he got hit with the black mist... I think he'll probably disappear for a little bit. They'll maybe do something like that. How many different angles can you really go with that, though? After all well, the I mean, tried? anyone that's been sprayed with it, they 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 act different after it most of the time. So we'll see. Uh, the factory, you can't really take those guys serious. But fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Aaron Solo is at one point engaged to Bailey. I did not know that. So that's fun fact for you and the listeners that are all all twelve people listening. Every time I see Juice Robinson, ever since he told me that he's married to Tony Storm, I'm just like, wow. You hate him, don't you? There's 
there's some envy. There's some envy for Juice Robinson, but at the same time, it's just like you show me Tony Storm, and then you show me Juice Robinson. I would never in a bajillion years guess that they would be married. But yeah, that's my bigs, highs, and lows from Dynamite. I am with you though about Ricky. Keep him in the main card. I think because Tony Khan uh, just loves long-term booking. My long-term prediction is Ricky Starks beats MJF next year. Winter's coming before the bidding war of 2024. That's my bet. Well, I think that's it for Dynamite. Let's take it over to SmackDown. Uh, we, we started the show a little bit later on than we wanted to in terms of when we wanted to do our first episode. So I wanted to bring up the Kurt Angle uh, bit they did on the last episode of SmackDown. I'm just going to say it was a mess. They tried to recreate the milk milk truck, try to get a little pop. Uh, Kurt Angle can barely move. Chad, Chad Gable is a national treasure in terms of his promo ability now. He's gotten so much better. But even he couldn't save the awful mess that it was. I know it's for cheap pops and entertainment, and it was entertaining. But for ho- hardcore fans, it was not entertaining for the right reasons. And so... Um, you know, just for, just for my view, my my viewer's sake, I didn't enjoy it, but to each their own, and I will say that. But yeah, please please don't put Kurt Angle back on my TV. He can barely move, and I feel bad for him. Didn't he have another surgery? Like yes, a couple months tops. Yeah, he's he's been he's been dealing with all sorts of ailments from all his uh, history. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean. This is one of my things. This is why I don't watch WWE. It's just they just go back to the well too much. Yes. And I don't need Kurt Angle milk. I don't need any of that. But Malk. If he had Malk, yeah, I'd be for that. I'd be pro Kurt Angle Malk. And he just shouldered Malk, Malk. <laughs> and then he did like a dance and then he threw his Olympic medals at somebody. I'd watch that. But him just spraying milk and doing the whole, I'm a goofy guy. No. No. Um, in terms of SmackDown this week, again, stagnant for the most part. Um, we did get uh, Bray Wyatt, LA Knight angle, finally. Some more uh, advancement in that story. Uncle Howdy is exactly a different person, we think. Maybe just a ruse. But it could be Bo Dallas. Ooh. A little brotherly uh, involvement there. A little, little, little booking to get Bo Dallas back. It could be Curtis Axel. could be the B-team. I do see some rumors going around that some of the guys from ROH before they got bought could also be in um, that faction. A couple guys from the Kingdom. If I didn't watch the Kingdom, but there's a couple guys that look like they'd be part of that faction. So I'm excited for that. You don't know them. Um, let me show you. I, my phone's dead, so I'll have to show you on yours. Now, the Kingdom is the Matt Taven. Yes, but it's not Matt Taven. It's the other guys. Those guys on the outside, I believe. I know the guy with the beard, he's one of them. Bray Wyatt, six. That's who they think that they're going to be. There's a couple of those guys. They were in the crowd at an NXT taping recently, and there's rumors they may be in part of that team. What are these guys' names? I don't remember. The guy on the right, I'll post this picture also to the 16 Apples pod for reference. Um, He looks like L.A. Knight and Triple H had a baby and the baby grew a beard. LA Knight's fantastic though. So I'm glad and James Storm. 
That's James Storm. No, it looks like James Storm. Oh, he does look like James Storm. I believe that it was James Storm because Shout of how much he looks like James Shout Storm. Shout out, James Storm. We miss you. I don't know what you're doing. I think you're on NWA. I'm not watching that. I don't have time to watch a YouTube show, like MJF said. You don't have time for Smashing Pumpkins. No, but that would be interesting. I hadn't even thought about bringing Bo Dallas in as Uncle Howdy. So do you think that Uncle Howdy is going to be like, he'll actually wrestle? I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't know what the point is. I, I do wish we had a little more uh, sizzle to this, you know, a little more advancement than this slow burn because, like, I'm not I'm not really invested right now. You know, Bray Wyatt hasn't really done much. He just kind of talks gibberish, and then he just kind of it just kind of ends. So hopefully we get a little more resolution on the next episode of SmackDown. It is getting taped. It got taped last night, so we'll see. Um, I don't think next week's yeah next week's isn't the one that they're trying to get viewers for. It's the one after, which we'll just jump into it because I don't really have much to talk about on SmackDown. Is uh, the Bloodline? They're not feeling real loosey right now, are they, Lindray? They're not, because Kevin Owens is going to have none other than John Cena be his tag partner to take on Sammy and Roman on the last episode of SmackDown. Because apparently for the last twenty years, John Cena's wrestled on at least one match a year. And to keep that streak going, what better way to do it than on the last episode of TV of the year? Cue the theme music. We, we can't play it though, or we'll we get cannot sued. play that song. That is worth way more money. I will get cease and desisted, and I do not worth. have money for that right now. No, I think, I mean, the John Cena KO versus Sammy and Roman match is going to be good. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Cena looks weird. It's really weird now to see him not super ripped. He said he's married. Who's he married to? He's not somebody in the WWE, I'm guessing. Because he divorced Nikki, the Bella. She was never married to him. Oh, that's right. That was the whole thing is he wouldn't. She does look like Nikki Bella, though. Of course. He's got a type. Yes. But, uh, yeah, he you know he's an actor now, more so than a wrestler. Uh, he's still he's still pretty jacked, like a lot better shape than me and you are. Which that's, is that's true. Which is why our opinions only matter so much. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's good to see him on TV. You know, he still got it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know, that was like my our version of Hulk Hogan, or at least for me, because yeah. I didn't start watching wrestling till 2002 when Triple H and Shawn Michaels uh, wrestled at SummerSlam. That was my first memory. But I'm excited to see John Cena uh, come back and do a little. Little, little run, you know. I know he won't be here long, so let's enjoy him while we got him. And I know at some point he'll stop coming back, but for now we're getting back for at least one match. So let's be thankful for that. Yeah, for real. Yeah, same with me. John Cena was my Hulk Hogan. Anybody who's like young millennial, that's their Hulk Hogan. And also, let's keep in mind that that doesn't mean that we support Hulk Hogan. We do know that there's some things going on in his uh in the modern day that we don't we don't agree with that he was a part of so let's just keep it at that yeah like that one time that he wrote the nope. n-word on the van oh it, wait no he tried to end up that's right uh, yes yes yeah okay well, that's right we almost got us canceled i know hulk hogan i mean like hulk hogan sucks as yeah. a person and a human being even in the ring really even, even ever since i heard that he controlled his booking in wcw when he went over there and he basically made himself invincible uh, definitely made it even hard for me to like the guy because Hulk Hogan became the person and, and the wrestler, not just the wrestling character. He, Terry, I think his name's, I don't remember his last name. Is it White? No. Like, Terry, it, was, it was something Italian. He's very Italian. That's weird to me. I didn't know he yes. was Italian. Yes. 
it's also he may not be Italian, and I may have just profiled him. So I think it's really strange. I was actually just reading that when Sting came back as like the crow and all that. Steve. 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 That's his name. Steve Borden. Steve Borden. That's T.S. Sting's real name. His last name was Borden. Borden. Yeah. Borden. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I would. I'm glad his name is Borden. No, you were right. It is really Italian. Bolea? Yeah, Terry Jean Bolea. And then yeah, that's Hulk look, Hogan's real name. And if you look up Sting's real name, let me see if I can find him while you're talking about a sponsor we don't have. Uh, our sponsor today is coffee. It's the only reason I'm functioning as a human being. Not any specific coffee, but if you have a coffee you would like sponsored, uh, like Danhausen, you have some coffee, man. If you want to sponsor us, I'll talk about your coffee. Yeah, Sting's name is Steve Borden, and he's 63, and he's still kicking ass. Sting's run is ridiculous in AEW. If you would have told me that Sting would come back and have the run he's having, like, jeesh, never would have guessed. And yeah, that is <coughs> that is SmackDown. Getting to Rampage? Yeah. Uh, of course, Rampage, only an hour long. I know we're going to have a debate about this. We're going to have a debate about Mox in a little bit. I already know. So I'm going to start with something else. Uh, highlights, of course, is going to be um, the Moxley match. We'll discuss that always. Um, I have Moxley's autobiography, I guess it would be, because he wrote it himself, and I'm lending it to Colton. He's flipping through it and looking at Moxley all bloodied and beaten, because that's who John Moxley is. Um, got his earring ripped out of his ear by Sammy Guevara to start that fight. Blood just dripping down Mox's face. Uh, Ty Mello made out with Sammy, covered in Mox's blood. That was weird as shit. She didn't look too hyped for that. The match was great, though. Uh, I hate Sammy Guevara as pretty much everybody else who is a wrestling fan does right now. In the ring, he can go. Don't get me wrong. That guy has talent inside the ring. He is, um, from everything I have seen, not that great outside of the ring. He has a punchable face. He looks douchey. I'm glad that he is a heel now, and they're playing into that. Um, I don't like him. That match was very good. Also, the whole thing with Dustin Rhodes teaming up with best friends to have that four-way match. On paper, that match should not have worked whatsoever. The match did work because they had the weird moments with the best friends. I love the whole Eddie Guerrero-esque thing where... Orange, Cassidy, and Danhausen both pretended it got hit. They fall down on the mat and fake it. The ref kicks out um, whoever was with uh, the other team. And then Danhausen almost gets kicked out and stuff like that. Give me more Danhausen. Give me more OC. I love the best friends. Uh, when they hug Trent Seven, I marked out hard for that. Because you got to give the people what they want, as Excalibur would say. What do you think of Trent Seven? I was very unfamiliar with him. I had not seen... I mean, I think the most familiarity with him is I would beat him up in the WWE video games. Um, he's not bad. He helped Tyler Bate become Tyler Bate, so that's why I asked that. Yeah. He's he's solid. He's a good... You can tell that he knows what he's doing. I'll give him that. And the whole mustache gimmick, I think, is really funny. Which is much more than we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like I Respect. Yeah. And so, I nothing with respect for Trent Seven. I love the fact that he got the hug from the best friends. It made me happy. I don't know how long his run's going to be with AEW or with his Kip Sabian thing, 
but I'm glad they brought him in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we can get into the debate. Okay. So I mentioned it momentarily ago or shortly ago. I mentioned it that Mox had his earring ripped out of his ear. He then profusely bled down the side of his face, blood all over the place. I love it. Um, I am of the wrestling generation. I've been watching wrestling literally since I can remember anything. My brother's like almost 10 years older than me. He was watching WWF. I was a little kid watching it. Blood in wrestling just brings me back to a different time. I don't have any issues with it. I understand why people say it's barbaric and all that. I'm for it. Mox does it all the time. Almost every single match. I know you are not a fan, Colton. Uh, you know, I mean, I was I was rooting for, you know, bloody matches, busted open matches, all that. I do love me some violence. So I won't say that I don't like it. It's just when it's a I think he's doing it almost intentionally now to to mess with people. Um it's just after a while it kind of takes away the allure and the interest of doing it. So that's mainly why I feel that way. But I don't hate it as much as I give I gave a shit for talking about the elite versus uh Dead Triangle for the 800 matches that they're doing right now. So I I wouldn't put in the same level of that. I just say that, you know, just, you know, space it out a little bit. That's all yeah. I'm asking for. I don't want you to get rid of the blood. That's that's what makes AEW a little more interesting, a little more for the hardcore fan. It's just it's a little more mature. A little less kid stuff on it. But just space it out a little bit. And that's not I don't think that's too much to ask. Does it bother you how often Danielson bleeds? Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. I just think both those guys are psychopaths at the same time, and they just both love wrestling and they live for this. So yeah, you know, at the same time, it's artistic uh, expressionism, and that they think that's something that they need to do. Then by all means, but just for me as a fan, I get a little tired of it. I can understand that. Um, I was speaking. I wasn't speaking to her. She was speaking uh, to somebody else at the ROH show. They were complaining about the exact same thing that Mox just bleeds all the time and it's weird and stuff like that. It's what they enjoy doing. I think one of the best things AEW does in comparison to WWE is they give you every single t- style of wrestling you could ask for. Strong style, flippy-dippy, and blood. Um, Mox loves it. He likes getting busted open. He likes all that stuff. Same with Danielson. There's this story that Vince asked Danielson when he was then just di- Daniel Bryan what can I do to get you to stay? And he wanted to go fight in New Japan in the G1 tournament, and he wanted to bleed. And Vince said, I can't let you do that. And that's why he goes to AEW. And it's what they enjoy. If that's the way they want to wrestle, let them do it. I'm for it. It never bothers me, personally. It, if it happens super early, it can kind of bother me. If it doesn't make sense, it's like, all right, we're just getting to the blood. I respect that they're willing to do that to themselves. I mean, Mox is a deathmatch-style wrestler. That's what he does. He's a crazy person. He is. And I love him for it. I absolutely love Moxley. I think he's probably my number one of arguably the year right now. You can make the case, if you want to go in, like, kayfabe. If you don't know what kayfabe is, it's like the wrestling reality versus actual reality. In kayfabe, Roman, of course, hasn't lost in two years or anything like that. Mox has been the dude all year long for AEW. And if he wants to bleed, if that's what gets him to keep showing up, put on bangers, let him. Yeah, I mean, he showed up and he's he's taken he's taken the flag and ran with it anytime they needed him to. Definitely there was some turmoil in the middle of the year. Um and all out, 
were culminated, so we'll see how that still is playing out. I don't know what's all going on there. I don't think any of us do, so we don't need to really speak on it much. If you do watch wrestling, you're aware of the CM Punk debacle, so... The gripe bomb. The gripe bomb, where he ate his muffin and drank his sparkling soda. Um, so I don't really want to give him a lot of attention right now. But, nah. what I do want to get attention to, and to drive us home on our first podcast that has been very entertaining, I will say. A bit of a mess, but much like my brain, it's still an entertaining process to work through these thoughts. Um, things you're looking forward to over the next week? Ooh, man, it's going to be... Man, honestly, this is probably like one of the most hard to get excited for Dynamites in the past couple of weeks. Since Full Gear, Dynamite's been on a roll, I feel like. Their quality has been up. There's not really that many huge matches this coming up. What I'm most... Oh, man, I'm going to go back to Ramage for just a second. You were talking about the Brody Lee thing yesterday, uh, Friday. I guess that would have been like the 16th. I know what day it is. Yeah, Friday the 16th was Brody Lee's birthday. The only thing they really touched upon about like Brody Lee's and stuff, like specifically, was JR interviewed uh, Preston Vance, formerly 10, and he just talked shit about negative one and all that kind of stuff to set up the Dark Order story. Give me more of that story. I want to see something else with that, give it in person and all that. And at the same time, please, please, for the love of God, just let Mox and Hangman fight already. Okay? I They keep saying he's not cleared. You're not going to fucking do the fucking buckshot lariat if you're not cleared. I don't know. It's just... I also feel like it's kind of a touchy conversation and storyline when you have guys like a guy like Adam Cole who is... Maybe never gonna wrestle again. Yeah, there's no on updates your, on your roster that's dealing with something that serious. That maybe concussions are a hard thing right now, especially yeah. as sports fans in general. Just um, and the NFL's got a lot of going on in there. But just I, it's hard for me to get behind concussion type stories. Like I know Danielson had something similar too. I don't really like it, and I know that's probably a little bit of PC culture, cancel culture kind of mindset, but. It's just hard when it's such a taboo thing and you see guys in, like, the NFL who, you know, even though wrestling is very much real, it's still a very a scripted event in the in the, in the larger scale, logical sense of it all. But, um, you know, football, it's not scripted. Yeah. At least we don't think. I'm sure there's conspiracies out there that think otherwise. But, you know, those guys really risking it all on a play-by-play basis. And so I just don't really get behind concussion stories just for the sense of, like, it's fairly touchy still. And so I get that they want to kind of make it work because it happened in the middle of a match and Hangman was gone for a while. Did you see the his promo on Wednesday? I'll send you a link. If you didn't see the Hangman page promo, he's in the back with Evil Uno getting evaluated. It's amazing promo. One of Hangman's, one of Hangman's most underrated talents is how he just gives a realistic promo and how he does it. It he talks about being in the back of the car and away the hospital, and he can't remember his own son's name. And I think that's real. I believe that maybe he's just putting it on for the show. It is a touchy subject, and I wish they would stop going back to it. But at the same time. I just want to see those guys fight. I just really like Hangman. Um, I, it's not really um, a hidden thing that he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of my other favorites of all time. I, For the sake of even saying it, I have a tattoo tied yeah. to Stone Cold. 
And, uh, you know, so Hangman's very much reminiscent of that for me. So I hope that we can get him back on track. I think his, his whole stuff's been derailed with the whole CM Punk thing. I, I know he got called out on an unscripted promo to get take to go get called out there for a match. So it's just been a whole weird whole weird deal with AEW. This is some growing pains that they've had. Wardlow's momentum got killed with the NJF stuff and then Hangman and a lot of the title belt credibility has, you know, had to be rebuilt due to the whole CM Punk thing. So we'll see how it all unfolds. I do want to watch Hangman wrestle again. It's a freak deal where he got hurt. Um you don't see a lot of people get hurt with Moxley, even though he's violent. That they're not very, they're they're careful, even though it's it's brutal. It's nothing where it's going to injure you to that sense. To that sense, same thing with Sheamus. Sheamus, yeah, will beat the shit out of you, but you still, you know, can come back to work. If the worst you're getting is just a red chest, a little swollen the next day, it was a safe match. Would you let Sheamus hit you in the chest? Yeah, they're more men than me. <laughs> I like how taken aback you were. Would you let Walter chop you? Yeah. How many times? I honestly don't know if I can make it through the first one, but I would let him do it. It's I would let any of those dudes just to like, because don't you ever get like the thought like I wonder what it feels like. I wonder how bad that hurts. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it would feel like a train hit me, yeah. but like I'm not gonna let Francis Nagano hit me in the face. I might get hit in the face. No, that's a would different you, kind of. Would thing. you let Francis Nagano hit you? That he he has the power the punch power of a Ford Focus going 35 miles per hour. Would you let him punch you? Punch me, no. In the gut? No. That's okay. how Houdini died. That's what they say, at least. Uh, you could say it was a bit of a magical surprise. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a unexpected mystery. You okay. wouldn't You wouldn't let... Like, you don't see, like, Eddie Kingston just chopping the shit out of somebody. And be like, I, I mean, I'd let Eddie Kingston hit me, but I don't think he hits as hard as Walter or Gunther yeah. or Sheamus. Like, those, like, those guys have... Daniels pulverized now. people yeah. and i've heard stories about how sheamus slaps on your on your on your chest feel like he's gonna cave it in i'm good you can do that i would do it once i would not do it it would take millions of dollars and an nda to, for me to describe how much pain i was in for me to do it um i mean i also really have always wanted to wrestle a death match so i guess there's the difference yeah, between you, wanna, you, you and i be david arquette jr Hundred percent, just without the almost dying part, or the Eddie Guerrero where he bladed too deep and cut an artery. I didn't hear that story. Yeah, he bled out too much on No Way Out one time, and like he really? hit because he hit an artery. Was that the JBL match or something? Yes, I think it was. He yeah, he was blading and he cut an artery, like a ninny. Wow, I never heard that story. I'm not. I'm that a up. human encyclopedia for random things. I love it. What What are you looking forward to this week? Uh, really, just getting through the year. I know that sucks, but like I said I just—it's a weird. I've been point. around. I've been around wrestling for too long, too consistently. They're kind of just WWE is just kind of holding off till the beginning of the year to start getting that road to WrestleMania taken off. I know that they're really waiting for Royal Rumble to get a lot of stories built. I just want to know what they're going to do with Roman. Um, who's going to take the belt off him? I think WrestleMania would be a good time to do it, or a little bit, you know, SummerSlam at the latest. But I think it's time to get someone put over that can take that belt. Or if not, at least bring The Rock in, like you've been talking about for the last three years. And we'll just see. But AEW, much of the same, you know. Now it's just where we go next. I don't know if I don't know if they got enough gas and tank to make Danielson and MJF last till till February, but we'll see. 
That's a long time. It's not in February. It's in March. Oh, that's an even longer time. I, they're going to have to have someone in between there, if not another person. But I feel like AEW is a little bit heavy on heels and a little bit light on faces, so we'll see what they do. Give me uh, Eddie Kingston fighting there. I, they're going to do it at some point. They already teased it. Eddie Kingston versus MJF. Those promos would be amazing. Yeah, you're going to have to put either guys that are masters at promos against Eddie, or against MJF, or you're going to have to get someone that can talk that you haven't given a chance to talk. Like, Wheeler Yuta did pretty good. I'm not saying he could he could stay up with MJF, but he did pretty good in his chance against him. So, yeah. it's definitely not helped. It definitely helped him not sink, and he's he's doing good still. So, yeah, we'll see. your champion. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. This is a good show. Did good. Um, we'll probably add some segments, take some segments away, maybe, but we'll see. But it was good. Um, I think I think we did good for a first show. Yeah. I think uh, we had some good good stuff there. So hopefully people keep listening, and we'll keep trying to keep y'all entertained, and we'll try and do this consistently for y'all just as much for us. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe, as the YouTubers say, and they tell me on this ad read I need to say. Um, final thought, do you think more likely The Rock or Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns? I would rather Cody Rhodes, but if The Rock shows up and can wrestle, I'd also like to see that one more time. But if it's this time, I want it to be the last time. I need I need one of those guys to come back. I need Cody Rhodes to win for the sake of longevity reasons, but... I'll take what I can get at this point. I love Roman Reigns. I think he's great, but I think he's ready to go to Hollywood and get out of here. Yeah. So let's give him what he wants. I'm with you on that. I want to see Cody Rhodes back in. Hopefully we'll see that Royal Rumble. We'll break it all again down next week, hit you with the news and the top fives. If you have any suggestions for any top five wrestling lists, make sure you put them in the comments below. Uh, yeah, thanks for checking out uh, Holy Jabronis, and we'll see you guys next week. And before we go, let me add one quick point. Um, if Cody Rhodes is the one to beat him, I just remembered this, he will be the only family of the Rhodes to win a, a world championship. Dusty Rhodes never did that, so let's get Cody that belt. Uh, thank you, guys. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. You all smell funny, especially that fucker from Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, but at the same time, just I, I can't help. It would be fucking hilarious if they gave Dustin Rhodes the AEW World Championship like the week before WrestleMania <laughs> when Cody Rhodes was about to win just so they could kill that storyline and just cut it. Okay, okay. That's, that's it for this week. <laughs> Gold Dust won. <laughs> Fuck! He comes back as Gold Triple Dust. Triple H is just throwing people. <laughs>